memorize the, the book in the Bible. So in the Bible. So uh, while listening to him a while ago, uh, I was I was like asking myself, when is it the day that will come that uh, you know our adult will do that too? <laughs> Anyone who wants to volunteer, we'll give you one month to to uh, to, to, to prepare. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, how was your week? Great. Good. Yeah, I know. Uh, a lot of us probably experience uh, some problems in our work. We face some people who are causing us stress, and probably we have also people that we consider heavenly gift uh, for us, right? The, those people who help us, those, who peop uh, those are people who give us encouragement, and uh, those are people who just uplift our, our spirit, right? Talking about, since I mentioned about stress and uh, uh, gift, I have a story, I don't know if you've heard it, but if you've heard it, uh, well, I just need to say this to, to, to you. The, the story of a, a, a young boy named John, and he received the gift of a parrot, a bird, a talking bird. And this parrot can converse to people, actually. So, but the problem is, this parrot had a bad behavior and bad vocabulary. All the parrot knows to say is bad words. So John did was, he tried to change the bird's attitude by saying only polite words, playing soft music, and probably reading God's word to this bird so that, you know, he will, this bird will change. But to no avail, this bird did not change. John was finally fed up and shook the bird so hard that the bird was so angry. And the bird was just spitting words that so, so bad that even John cannot take it. And John, in his desperation, he grabbed the bird and put the bird inside the freezer. And the bird was squawking and just like screaming for one minute. And then suddenly there was silence. John was so nervous that he might you know, hurt the bird or kill the bird. And then he went to the freezer and opened the freezer. And then in his surprise, the bird was walking with his open wings and said, John, I know I've been a bad bird to you. I'm sorry. Please give me a second chance. And I know that I need to change my behavior and everything I can, I can do to correct my rude and unforgivable behavior. John was, the little boy was so surprised. And he was about to ask the bird what made him change. The, bar, the bird continued and asked John, may I ask what the turkey did? <laughs> so probably some of you, well, uh, don't worry, the, the joke will be <laughs> But anyway, probably some of you have, so, uh, uh, some of you can relate with John that you have parents in your life, 
like your boss, your friend, a family member probably, your neighbor, a spouse, <laughs> or a, a non-believer, or a believer, or probably you didn't realize that you are the pirate yourself to someone else, right? And no matter how you carefully teach or speak to them good words and, so, and try to say nice words to these people and try to change their unforgivable behavior, nothing happens. And like that little boy John, you are ready to give up for that person. Well, folks, you're not alone. Actually, James was dealing with the same problem in the church. In James chapter 4, verse 11 to 12, says it all. If you have your Bible with you, kindly open it to James chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. If you have your Bible with you, or a smartphone with you that has a Bible, a Bible app, kindly open it. I, I want you to see yourself that I am not uh, making this up, and I want you to read uh, what is the heart of James, his heart, when he was dealing this parrot in the church. So if you have your Bible with you, kindly stand up and in reverence to God's word, let's read his word. Okay? And it doesn't matter we, uh, 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 it doesn't matter if you have uh, a different translation. God is our, uh, the God of language. He'll understand the translation. So here is James chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. It says here, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speak against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for this wonderful day. Thank you, O Lord, for giving us the opportunity to study your word and be encouraged by your word, O Lord. Father God, Your word is a double-edged sword, Father. Your word can bring life, Father God. Your word is like a honey that is so sweet, O Lord. And your word, Father God, we need it. And today, O Lord, we pray that open our eyes and our hearts. Father God, if there's any pain as we hear your word, Father God, it's not the pastors uh, speaking, but to you, O oh Lord. And Father God, I pray that override my preparation. It's not me, O oh Lord. And give me the words that I need to say, O oh Lord. And may I be bold and may I deliver your word with clarity, Father God. Thank you, O oh Holy Spirit. Because you are going to speak to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking about James, and we've, you've heard uh, 
with, uh, with Pastor Ken, Pastor Donnie, Pastor uh, Brad about the James. James, and, I, and, and last time I said that the book of James is like the manual for Christians. It is very practical. It talks about how we should live as a Christian and how we should act as a Christian. And now, if you remember uh, last time, Pastor Ken talks about wisdom, right? He talks about, uh, no, he talks about how we should live our life in, or uh, how we should live our life in, uh, in humility. And if we uh, remember in verse four, or verse seven, in chapter four, that we can only be humble in front of God if we submit to God and if we resist the devil, resist the devil in our life. And we can only be humble in front of God if we um, <clears throat> draw near or draw close or draw near to our God. So, and as we continue to verse 11 and 12, the first exhortation of James to the believer is the word do not. The first that the first word that he mentioned is do not actually if you have the King James speak not that is the word that he used James first exhortation to the believers is to do not speak evil to one another why this word do not is very important word for his reader because this laid the foundation to the readers that they cannot debate with the truth in his letter. <clears throat> you see, folks, there is a difference between do not and stop. If I'm going to ask you what is the difference between the word do not and stop, I actually asked this question to my wife yesterday and uh, trying to, to uh, 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 get wisdom from her. And the, the word stop actually is used to people who just converted to be born again. These are this word usually used for people who just know Christ, who just converted, who just heard the truth. And let me give you an example. When someone got, got saved, for, for, for like example, this person, he's been stealing a lot. Every day he steals material things from other people, and then one day he got saved. And he stopped stealing. Now, the other word, do not, are for Christians who've known the truth for a while. Because the word must not be used to you, because if, you, if they say, Pastor Brett, you should stop lying. The point there is that Pastor Brett, in his life, did not stop lying, even though when he received the Lord Jesus Christ. There is something wrong with that. Because if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, whatever you're doing in the past should stop. That's why when, when James talked to the people in, uh, in, 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 in his book, in James chapter 4, verse 11, he said, Brothers and sisters, do not speak evil to one another. He was addressing these Christians who already know the Lord Jesus Christ, who have already 
heard the gospel, who have already discipled. But these Christians are actually speaking evil to one another. The word speaking evil is slander in the Greek word, and we're going to use the word, probably you will hear me, you will hear me using the word speaking evil and slander, but they are the same. So James telling his readers, us Christians, because this is also a problem in our church, in across America, the whole world. This is a problem that people are slandering their brothers and sisters. And when James said or encouraged or, or, or exhorted the people, his reader, that do not slander one another because there is a problem in that, uh, in that action with these believers. Because when we, when, whenever, we, whenever we slander or speak evil to people, or evil to people, we first degrade the person. Secondly, we destroy the person. Let me repeat that. Every time we speak evil words to people, our brothers and sisters, the Christians, we degrade that person, meaning we put that person down. And secondly, we destroy that person. <coughs> We degrade the person by speaking evil to that person by, because we make ourselves above that person. That's what we do. We make ourselves above to that person. What happens is that when evil words come out of our mouth, we put them back to where they used to be. When we slander, when we gossip, <coughs> we put the person back to his lowest state. <coughs> That's why James said, do not speak slander to your brothers and sisters. And most of the time, when we speak evil against one another, when we gossip, when we slander, you know when it's done? It's done in secret. It's done in secret. Because we know it's not going to glorify the person. We know that's not going to edify the person. We know that it's not going to encourage the person. That's why we want to... Do it in secret. And this is the reason why when the devil accused the believers, he accused them with the intention that we will feel that we don't deserve the salvation from Christ. And when the devil successfully degrades a faithful Christian, that person will be hurt and might stop from becoming a fruitful servant for a while. That's what we do. That's what gossip does to a Christian. That's why Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, he said, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Get rid of slander. Get rid of gossip. It's not helping the church. It's not helping your brother or your sisters. 
It's just this, uh, uh, degrading them. In other words, stop gossiping. And this is what we do. We sugarcoat gossip with this word. You know, brother, this so-and-so-and-so is doing so-and-so-and-so. Let's pray for that person. We sugarcoat gossip with let's pray for that person. Church, if you don't have any permission to share the information, don't share it. It's gossip. And if you will not benefit the other person, do not share it. It's gossip. We only share what's going to edify or encourage a believer in his walk with his Christian life or with his walk with Christ. Especially when we have decision as a church. Don't share it to other people. Especially if you don't like the decision. Don't share it to other people. Because it will only create negative impact to their lives. It's like you, are, you will start talking about negative things about that decision. Do not share that decision if it will only destroy the person. You know what? Before you share or speak to someone about an information, ask yourself this question. Because the first question is, will I bring honor to God if I share this information? If yes, go on. If not, stop it. It's gossip. The second question is, will I help the person who will hear this information to remain faithful and fruitful? If the, the, if the answer is no, it, the person will not remain faithful or fruitful, stop it. It's gossip. It will not glorify God. It will not edify that person. Last question before you share the God, uh, before you share the, an information. If I share this information, will will it only affect our spirit positively or negatively? If the answer is positive, go on share. But if it's negative, stop it. It's gossip. It will only degrade or or degrade a person. Ask the question before you share information. No matter how you sugarcoat it, when the, the end result is destroying the person or degrading the person, it, you're sinning against God. I remember a story about a four priest. They're, 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 they're friends together and then they had a conversation. They said, you know what, uh, friend, uh, priest number one, that a lot of our parishioners, they, they confess their sins to us. Why don't we do that to ourselves? So the four priests agreed that they share the, uh, or they will confess their sins against uh, our, to, to one another. And the first one confessed that he liked to go to movies and would sneak off when away from his church. The second confessed to smoking cigars, and the third confessed to playing cards. And when it came to the fourth one, he wouldn't confess. He doesn't want to confess. 
But the other three priests pressed him, saying, Come now, we confess ours. What is your secret or your vice? Finally, the priest answered, It is gossiping, and I can hardly wait to get out of here. <laughs> so when an information is shared to you, and the person says, Do not share, let's just keep it between the two of us. That person is telling you not to share that information. That person is trusting you his secret that you will guard it with your life. Not only we, de we degrade a person, we also destroy a person by speaking evil. When we slander another person, our goal is not to uplift that brother or that sister, but to destroy their reputation and their testimony to the other believers or to other believers. And have you noticed that whenever we utter words that are not edifying, we are angry at that person? And when we are angry, we uncontrollably say the words that even yourself would not want to hear, like that parrot. Remember this, church. Whenever you slander or gossip about someone, you put a knife at the back of that person. Gossip or speaking evil is this. The intention is to destroy the person's, the person's reputation. Church, we are not politicians. Do you know the politicians, when, they, when election comes, you know what they do? They destroy each other. They destroy each other. They, they throw mud to this politician so-and-so, and the other one will do that the same. That's what they, they, they do. We are not politicians. We are Christians. If you are going to throw something, throw a beautiful word that will encourage that person. You don't know. Probably that person is so down that he needs encouragement. And all he can hear or all she can hear is gossip or slander. And do you think that person will, will still want to, to, to be with this family? No. He will stop becoming faithful Christian. He will stop becoming fruitful. If all he will hear is negative words from you, in, in, in effect, you are destroying that person. That is why James gave a stern reminder to us believers that whenever we speak evil to one another, we speak against God's command. It says here in verse 11, uh, be speak against a brother or sister and judges them. Speak against the law and judges it. Whenever we speak evil against our brothers and sisters, we speak against God's command. Probably the question is, how are our words connected to the law then? How are our words connected to, the, to that judge? What is, what is the law James mentioned? Church, all genuine Christians that is mentioned in John chapter 1, verse 12, 
that who receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior are children of God. Now, if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your, your Lord and Savior, this is His command to us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the command of God. We, 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 we even say to, to other people that this is the greatest commandment of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now, if you are a child of God, and if you say you love God, with all your being, you should also love your neighbor with all your being. Because it is impossible to love God and hate your, your neighbor or your friend or your brothers or your sisters. It is impossible to love God and speak evil to your neighbor. It is impossible to love God if you degrade your neighbor. It is impossible to love God if you want to destroy your neighbor. <clears throat> and it is impossible to say you love God and all you do is gossip, slander, speak evil to your brothers and sisters. It is impossible. Probably you haven't, you haven't understood the greatest commandment. Probably you have you've never experienced the love of God because you cannot even love your neighbor. That's the reason why you gossip against or you slander against your brothers and sisters. And if you are a children of God, if you are a child of God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself gave a command to his disciples, to his followers, that, that to love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I've been inviting this, this uh, patient of mine for many months now, of this person. And I... I <clears throat> I've been asking him, why don't you come to our church? And he said, Chris, you know, I've been, uh, I, I've stopped attending church for so many years. And if I go to your church, I will explode. And I said, you know what? A lot of our people exploded and they found Christ. That's okay. Join our church. Come and worship with us. So for so many months, I've asked that for, for every day that I, that I talk to this person, and invite this person to go to church, I always ask him, you know, come to our church. And he will never give me reason why he stopped going to church. And last week, I found out why he, did, why he stopped going to church. And before, to, before I tell you the story, let me just remove this. It's very hard. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Alright, praise God that we are not going to hell. <laughs> Alright, this is the story why he doesn't want he's, he doesn't want to go to church. He's he had a bad experience with the church. 
One time he attended the church. It's a it's an election in the in the church, and he saw the nasty. This is his word. He saw the nastiest election of Christian leaders inside the church. And he told me that it's not like a Christian church. And he said, that's the reason why I stopped going to church because of those Christians. Church, if the command of God is not seen in this church, love one another, we are not going to reach out those people outside the church. We won't be able to share the gospel to these people to, to experience the love of God because we ourselves cannot love one another. We can even love a person inside the church. If you cannot love your brother or your sisters, you are not keeping the law. That's what James said. If you cannot love or, or you can't love your brother or your sisters, you are not keeping the law. In other words, you are breaking God's command to you and to me. When you are not keeping God's command, you are sinning against And James wrote that since we are speaking evil against the, against the child of God, we also have put ourselves as their judge. In verse 12, it says, We are not keeping the law, but sitting in judgment on it. And, and we became judge of that person. Every time, in verse 12, it says that there is only one lawgiver and judge and every time we speak and judge against our brother or sisters in Christ we tell God in his face we tell God in his face that we have the right and we know better than him every time we slander our brother or sister we tell to God's face Lord I can judge this person because I'm better than him. Or I'm better than her. Lord, I can judge this person because my color is better than his or her color. I can judge this person because I am educated, more than educated than this person over here. We tell that to God's face every time we slander, we speak evil to one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 to 5, perfect, perfectly wrote, Paul perfectly wrote, that we should be slow in pronouncing judgment to anyone. We'll go that in, in a few minutes. Well, this is what he said. This is how you should regard us as a servant of Christ and steward of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. 
but with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. Listen to this. Paul is talking. Christians, believers in Corinth, and even around the Asia Minor are starting to judge Paul. And he, this is what he said. Even myself, I don't judge. And he said in verse 4, For I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purpose of the heart, that each one will receive his commendation from God. In other words, we are not judged to our fellow believers. I cannot judge you. I cannot say you are condemned because you did that or you did this. <coughs> you are condemned because you don't attend the church. You are condemned because you don't give to the church. You are condemned because you don't do ministry in the church. I don't have the right to do that. Because the only one who will judge you and me is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are going to talk about that in a few minutes about that judgment. But for now, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, if you have an amplified Bible, it is good to read it because there's a, a side notes or words that will uh, explain what he was talking. In verse 18, he said, Little children, believers, these children are believers, dear ones, let us not love with word or with tongue, or giving lip service to compassion, but in action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. We should, if we can only judge a person, we must judge them through love. If we can speak to other believers, speak with love. Because that's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. And in conclusion, it says here, two sides of speaking. Evil words degrade and destroy. Godly words dignify and delightful. Two sides of judgment. I'm going to discuss this in a few minutes. Evil judgment dependent to hatred. Godly judgment dependent to God's wisdom. Church, we're almost done. We're almost done. Church, James mentioned judge here. If there's a judge, there's a judgment, right? If there's, for example, you're in court, and there's a judge, there's what? There's a hearing, right? There will be judgment. Church, one of these days, and I'm not being legalistic here, okay? This is what the Word of God says. James mentioned the word judge because there's a reason. He is telling us Christians that there will be judgment in the future. There will be two judgments. The first judgment is the judgment seat of Christ. And that judgment are 
Oh, it's actually for Christians only. That judgment, we are all going to face God. All the Christians who believe the Lord Jesus Christ will be in that judgment seat of Christ. And that the Lord Jesus Christ himself will judge what we have done here on earth. The Lord Jesus Christ himself will judge us if we are faithful or not to the talents that he had given us. That is why Paul said that there will be a day of reckoning. There will be a day of accounting. Every Christian will give an account to the Lord in that day. That's why in one of his parables, and we want to hear this, right? Those faithful servants, what did he say? Well done, my faithful servant. Come, join us. That is for Christians. But there will be Christians who will be judged because they were not faithful for the talents and gifts or, or, or the command that God had given them. They will not go to hell in this judgment. But they will go inside heaven empty-handed. Because in this judgment, God will give reward. But this is the second judgment that I want to focus. Is this. The great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment. And this judgment is for those who did not believe Christ. In this, there will be no reward. The first judgment, there's reward. The second judgment, there will be no reward. There will only be condemnation for those who did not believe in Christ. My friend, if you die today without Christ in your heart, this will be the judgment that you will attend. The great white throne of judgment. You, and if you are in that place, the great white throne judgment, you cannot say to God, Lord, Lord, wait a minute. Let me give another chance to accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. We cannot even say, Lord, I'm not going to hell because... I am good. Lord, I am not, I'm not going to hell because I attend the church. Lord, I am not going to hell because I am a good spouse, a good father, a good mother to my children. We cannot tell that you are not, you cannot tell that to God in this judgment because this judgment is final. Satan and his demons will be judged in this great white throne judgment. My friends, if you don't have Christ in your life, right now, in your heart, the reason why you are here is because God loves you. The reason why you're still alive is because God cares for you. He said in his word that those who believe in me are not condemned, but those who reject me are already condemned. 
Which one do you want to choose? The condemnation to hell? Or the reward of eternal life? I'm not being legalist here, but this is the word of God. Either you receive Jesus Christ or reject Jesus Christ. And if you reject the Lord Jesus Christ, your judgment is hell. That's your judgment. I'm going to give you an opportunity later before we pray, before this last verse for Christians. And this is what he says, his exhortation for us Christians. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. This is actually a song. Do you know this song? Who knows this song? This is a song, right? Beloved, let us love one another. I'm not going to sing. I don't want to ruin the rest of the day. I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, uh, bring the rain sooner. I know it will rain after lunch. But um, this is what the exhortation for us Christians. He said, Beloved, let us love one another. For the love of God, for the love, for love is from God. And whoever love has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. And if you don't experience or you don't know what God's love, what God's love is, this is an opportunity for you to learn what the Bible is talking about. Speak not, judge not. Love one another. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, today, O oh God, we heard from your word that we're not supposed, your children are not supposed to speak evil to one another, to his brother or to his sister. <coughs> Father God, you told us to love one another. You told us to speak encouraging word for that person. You taught us to uplift our brothers and sisters. And by doing this, we, the world, will know that we are your true disciples, Father God. By doing this, O oh Lord, in our church, the, our community will see that you are a true God in your children's life, in their children, in their lives, Father God. And Father God, let me take this opportunity also. If you are a person who don't know Christ in your life, your religion will not save you. Your good works will not save you. Your status in life will not save you. Attending GGCF will not save you, but only Christ will save you. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
you've been probably trying to run away from God and God is calling you back. Come here. Hug me. I have a better plan for you. I love you. I care for you. You can only experience that love, the great plan of God, if you will put your trust in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, I don't want you to leave this place knowing that when you die, you will face the great white throne of judgment, which is the condemnation to hell. The Lord Jesus Christ is offering heaven to you right now. And all you can do is accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior. You can pray this prayer. Lord, I am a sinner. I am tired of running away. I need you as my Savior. Come into my heart and be my Savior. Control me and guide my life. I surrender to you everything, Lord, because you are the only person who can do and can give me victory in life. My friend, if you pray that prayer, the Lord Jesus Christ is faithful. He will fulfill His promises to you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everyone, to stand.